Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 562 with Travis Tober. You know, this is, you know, still to this day, you know, whatever the current political climate, I always say this is still America. Hardest worker is going to get the job. You know what I mean? Get up early. Don't stay late. Get in early. Do a better job. Like, that's it. I mean, if I really truly believe, especially in the bar restaurant industry, if you out hustle somebody, you are going to succeed. You are going to get that job. You are going to make more money than everybody. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories failures in bombs of restaurant industry knowledge then join eric cacciatore in today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable introducing ethic suite the first and only misconduct theft and fraud reporting platform exclusively for the restaurant industry check out restaurantethics.com to see how restaurant employees can report any concerns anonymously easily and securely from any device with internet connection however if you're an owner or manager you should check out ethicssuite.com slash restaurant unstoppable for more information on how you can monitor and respond to these reports and stay informed about issues that could affect your business and your reputation one more time that's ethicssuite.com slash restaurants unstoppable cash flow it's something every small business is worried about and it's hard to know at any given moment how you're doing and worse it's virtually impossible to predict the future until now welcome to cashflowtool.com the ultimate companion for any small business using quickbooks cashflowtool.com gives you instant visibility on any device anywhere of your cash flow and it also alerts for unexpected expenses on top of all this it analyzes your past finances and projects how much money your company will have tomorrow next week and next month go to www.cashflowtool.com slash unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and receive pro features at the essential features price with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's <laughs> guest travis tober my man travis are you feeling unstoppable today i am feeling unstoppable today. <laughs> yeah. i can't say it but i can uh, i'm feeling it <laughs> oh, man, I, I got i got track caught in a little traffic this morning but other than that i'm feeling pretty damn good myself so hailing from buffalo new york travis came to austin by way of west palm beach and las vegas a few times once in austin for good in 2011 October sharpened the sword at the Four Seasons. Uh, he's also helped open the Vox table in 2015, where you got the Eater Best Bartender uh, 2015 by it was Eater, correct? Yeah, it was Eater. Yeah. That's incredible. And then also, uh, it was 2017, you opened Nickel City uh, to great acclaims. You've been crushing it ever since. You got a few projects in the works. I cannot wait to learn maybe a little bit about those, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. I mean, my mantra is always high fives, uh, high fives and handshakes. That's high it. fives and handshakes. <laughs> Why, why is that your mantra? You know, um, you know, it, it was kind of, you know, somebody mentioned it one time, you know, if you walk into a bar or restaurant and, you know, you're walking up to the bar and if that person sitting at the bar always gets a high five or handshake, I was like, man, that, that guy or gal is really awesome. Like, I shook their hand and gave him a high five. It's great. You know, it's it's such a personal experience. Yes. And I, that, I love that you, you know, was pointing out that it's just a personal, real experience. And I think at the end of the day, people in the industry they just want to be uh, acknowledged, right? But your guests just want to be acknowledged. And I think just going around, dropping high fives, shaking hands is a great way to show people that you appreciate their business, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, acknowledged and entertained. I mean, that's that's the business we're in. I dig it, man. So let's dial back to where it all started for you. How did you get into this industry? 
I mean, I've never not really been in the industry or I've always been in the industry. I don't, you never really had a kind of like a, a real job uh, per se. Um, I worked construction like one winter in, um, in Buffalo and I was like, nope, not for me. It's too damn cold. Uh, I better learn to get a personality, learn how to cook. Um, you know, my, my, my mom owned a bar when I was younger, like a little dumpy. I mean, dive would be, you know, making it sound too nice. Um, but she owned a little, you know, little beer and pool hall joint. And, you know, I was pouring beers there when I was 13, 14. And, uh, you know, just kind of like nobody, you know, I don't have that aha moment where I was just in the bar or restaurant industry and said, you know, I love it's all, all I've ever known. So, you know, what I mean, from anywhere from like little sub shops to little, you know, chain steakhouses, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I've done it all in this in this industry for sure. So you were pouring shots or beers when you were 13. Did you grow up in the, the, the bar or when did your mom open that bar? I mean, I, I had to be like 12 or 13, okay. you know, it kind of what we, you know, she, she, she opened it and then, and then sold it a couple, two, three years later. Um, you know, when, when we moved, uh, when, when we moved, but, um, you know, we kind of shot back from Buffalo and North Carolina when I was younger. Um, but you know, and then even then when I got back to Buffalo, I mean, my first job was, uh, a bar back at this little local, uh, neighborhood bar called Peter Case. Um, you know, I was, I was the dishwasher bar back slash prep cook. Okay. So I know that you did a lot of traveling in between you. We mentioned, uh, West Palm beach, uh, Las Vegas back and forth a few times before you came to, Austin, Texas, but is there, give me like the one or two major influences, people who influenced you along this time before getting to Austin. Are there anybody or is there anybody that stands out to you that really had an influence as to who you are as an owner today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's always a couple of those, you know, those managers that will always stick with you or, or, you know, coworkers that will always stick with you. Um, uh, I would probably say, uh, a general manager I had back in, in Florida, uh, John DeSensei, uh, who was just, you know, to this day, I use a lot of the stuff that he taught me, um, you know, about, you know, basically just, you know, keeping it going. You know, he was the first one, you know, in my career, I think that just said, you know, Let's go with, let's do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Like he just kind of like, you know, I guess, you know, unhandcuffed me from any, and, and, you know, at that point in time when I met him, I was, you know, I was bartending for four years. So I a hundred percent knew it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I knew it all. And, you know, I, I met him and I was like, well, you know, uh, I don't know shit, you know? So, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, I, I, I've kept up with him over a few years. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but he was definitely him. And then I would probably say, um, Philip Ramundo, who at the time, I think it was 2006, I was working with, he was the beverage director at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and, um, still, still a friend today. Um, haven't, 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 um, seen him in a while, but I talked to him on occasion. But yeah, I mean, um, he's, I think working, I don't think he works for Beam Centauri anymore. I think he works for Stoli uh, Vakana, but um, he left uh, Ruth's Chris shortly after I did uh, to go work for Beam Centauri. So where was Philip? I'm curious. Was uh, he was Ruth's Chris uh, Steakhouse. Uh, well, I mean, he was all over. He was the national Ruth's, uh, Ruth's Chris uh, Steakhouse uh, beverage director. So kind of got me on my path to, you know, um, cocktails and, and yeah, I guess, you know, that modern cocktail culture that we have right now. But was he in West Palm or was he in Las Vegas? Um, he was my boss in Palm Beach. He was gotcha. he was the national guy, so he was based in Orlando. All right, so let's dial it back. Let's get deeper into John's story. You said that you, at this point, had four years of experience, so you knew it all. So <laughs> he really helped kind of form you. So who were you going into this, and how did he 
help form you? Who did you become? I mean, he, he, it was kind of, it was a really cool conversation. I remember the first time I met him, um, you know, this, I was working at that time at, um, you know, uh, TGI Fridays, which, you know, back in the, you know, you know, nineties. I mean, we go back to the eighties. It was the first real singles bar. You know, if you really dive deep into the, into the, its past, it was the first singles bar. And, you know, there's a crazy article how it, um, you know, kind of revolutionized the Dallas nightclub nightlife scene. So it's, you know, it's obviously not what it used to be. And it hasn't been for, you know, probably two decades. Um, but you know, when I started there, it was, it was, you know, it was the hot job, you know, and I was in Buffalo and, you know, I remember, you, I remember coming home and they canceled, they canceled Thanksgiving one year in Buffalo. Oh man. And it was just cause the weather was that, so bad. I was like, I'm out of here. Lakeshore. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm out of here. Um, so I moved down to, to Palm Beach and I was at, you know, I was at a TGI Fridays in, in Buffalo. And they're like, Oh yeah, well, we own a couple Fridays down there. Um, you can transfer. And I was like, cool, great. Which is the best one? Like this one. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So they transferred and, you know, I, I moved down there, moved up my, you know, all my belongings and, you know, moved down there. And I met John. He's like, Oh, I got your transfer. For, yeah, yeah, great. You got, you know, one shift, uh, daytime in the, in the service bar. Um, good luck. And I was like, Oh, okay. That didn't go how I expected because <laughs> I was, you know, I was the king, you know, I was the king of, you know, of, of, of the bars I worked at in Buffalo. And here I am, you know, working that. And it was just kind of like, he's like, you know, he literally told me, you know, you'll never bartend here. Like okay. consistently, he's like, I've had a staff that averages eight, nine years. Um, you know, we'll, you'll, you'll never like have a ton of shifts here. This is what I got. Take it or leave it. And I was like, cool. I guess I'll take it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, panic mode. Um, the roommate I, I moved down with, uh, I think bounced after two months. Oh, and man. So I mean, literally, I was sitting in my How apartment. How old were you at this point? God, I mean, I was 23. Okay. Yeah, 23, maybe. Um, 22, 22, 23. So still figuring things out. No, I knew it all. No, I knew it all. Oh, I knew it. Right, right, right. You told me that. Yeah, right. Like every other 23 year old today knows it all. Um, you know, I mean, I'll sit in my apartment and, and electricity got turned off and oh, I was man. just like, I'm screwed. You know, this is it. So, uh, I had to dig down deep. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like I was just like, woke up one day and I go, well, I'm going to do what I have to do to, to make this work and to, um, you know, prove him wrong, you know, and that's kind of like, uh, Uh, the, the manager, John, you know, John DeSense, he was like, you'll never bartender. I was like, okay, that, you know, it's, it's kind of a laughing, um, you know, joke with, you know, my partners here and stuff like that. Like, don't tell me I can't do it because I'm going to make it happen. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I grew up with a chip on my shoulder. I grew up pretty broke. Um, so, you know, I always, you know, don't, don't tell me I can't do it or it, it won't be mine and I'll make it happen no matter how it takes. So, um, you know, at that point I did whatever I could. I, I kind of, you know, with, with some of our meetings here and, you know, I have my, you know, monthly inspirational, uh, meeting here that's kind of like review numbers, go everything. What do we need to get better at? You know, I kind of tell stories. Um, well, you know, one of them was when, you know, this guy said I would never bartend there. I was like, okay, cool. I, I won't, you know, I mean, I was already, so what I did, you know, was, you know, work harder than everybody, you know, at the one, one shift I, one shift I did have, you know, I'd come in an hour early, stay a hour later, you know, you know, not on the clock. I mean, I know that's not kosher these days, but you know, back, you know, early 2000s, that's, you know, you do what you had to do. To yeah. You had to do what you had to do. And I did this crazy thing, right? Like I, I did this crazy thing, um, that I, I, to this day, I, I don't see anybody ever doing it. I don't. I don't think I'll ever see anybody ever do it again is I used to come to work every day right before the shift started in uniform. 
Okay. And they'd have the pre-shift, and I'd come in. He's like, oh, you're not scheduled today. I was like, oh, no, anybody want off today? Yes. Uh, anybody want off today? And they're like, you know, and this was, you know, this is Party City, West Palm Beach in the you know, early 2000s, so there's always a hungover wait staff or bartender like, yeah, I'll go. And I was like, cool, I got it. I'll take it. Boom, done. And I, I went from one shift to, you know, five to six shifts a week yeah. just doing that. You know, so I, was there, so I would come in and I, I would work, you know, I, I remember working a couple kitchen shifts even, you know, just to, just to you know, get my electric bill turned on. <laughs> And uh, so, so we did that, and you know, um, I, I I I saw the weak link in the bar staff, and I you know it sounds kind of mean, but I targeted him. Um, I would you know this is before text messaging, so I would call him, uh, you know, uh, on his cell phone and be like, "Hey, do you want off today?" Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hang out with my girlfriend. Okay, cool, I'll come on in. Um, did that, and then like by crazy like luck, um, you know, his average staff was there like nine, ten years. I mean, was, I mean, I'm talking in two thousand dollars. You know, this this bar we were pulling in three to five hundred a shift so like crazy Man, amount of money good money in there yeah i mean you know like i said you know, i say it all the time i've made a lot of money i've spent even more money in this industry um so uh, i probably should be retired like two times over but you know i have no regrets um so, <laughs> so this seems like this was a really like this is a just a transformative time in your life uh kind of becoming a man, right? Like taking sure. on responsibility, yeah. doing what it had you had to do to get by. How did John really transform you, though? How do you think he mostly influenced you? I mean, so so once I got in there, you know, we we had a bunch of crazy enough. He had like three or four staff members leave, so I became full time bar manager and or, or full time uh, bartender. And then the the bar the head bartender left, so he actually had interviews. Uh, with staff to become the next head bartender. And I remember th- it was like three or four people that came in like, oh yeah, you know, I can do this, 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 and that. Um, my mental, mental craziness, uh, I came in a suit and tie. Uh, <laughs> I came in at, and I came in with like charts of how I was going to grow the business. I had, you know, I had a one month, a three month, and a one year plan on how to grow his business at this bar. Um, and like with, you know, programming. And I was like, we don't do programming. We should program. Um, you know, I, I saw it work at this local bar called ER Bradley's. I was like, we should program. And, and there's not, there's too much, there's, there's not, there's a good average amount of programming that you should do. You, you should make every day an event, you know, you know, it should be, why, why am I going to go to that bar today? Because of this. So where did you learn all this? Where was this coming from? Were you like n- nose deep in a book someplace? Or were you just this all coming from your creative end? Or wh- where the hell did this come from? I mean, at the time, I didn't have a name for it. You know what I mean? I, I just kind of like, I've, like, I, you know, my whole life, I walk into a bar or a restaurant, not like a normal person. I walk in, I'm like, ah, light bulb out. You know, you know light bulb out. Or, you know, uh, you know there's a you know, the well's set up wrong or, you know, I look around and I see little things. Just dusting that windowsill or... Yeah, yeah. you know, dusting the windowsill, no high dusting, you know, I mean, just random stuff. So it's just like, I'll, I'll notice this and I was like, man, why is this bar busy all the time? I'd be in West Palm Beach and I was like, man, they just do the, all this crazy programming. And I remember I was just like, they're like, leave us your email address and, you know, on your birthday, you get a free bottle of champagne. I'm like, these guys are giving them a $6 bottle of champagne and they're bringing in seven of their friends to basically kill that champagne in one in one go and then spend the rest of the night there i mean it's genius like yeah. you're gonna give away seven it's gonna cost you seven bucks to get you know 10 people in your business i mean if if you know commercials or whatever had that kind of return we'd all do it you so know? you just learned all this from going out and being receptive to what was going on around you taking it all in and for, applying it yeah for sure i mean i like i mean i i mean when i was a kid i i like like a 
psycho i would just like literally draw like uh rudimentary like designs of the bar i wanted to open up and i'm you know and i had never even taken a drink at that point <laughs> i mean i've just always kind of been obsessed with the excitement you know yeah. what i mean like it's just i've always been crazy excited about bars and you know i mean bars and restaurants but mainly bars yeah. i mean i just think it's just such a cool thing so i, I gotta like just dissect this a little bit some of the key things i've taken away up to this point uh, what was going through my head uh, was this idea of just Everything is relative, right? And you yeah. change the reference point. You you came into this restaurant. Uh, John said you're not going to get a job because uh, there's been people who are here here for like eight years. You said, yeah. uh, but you changed the reference point. They were a standard, and then you exceeded the standard that they were working at, right? Yeah. You, you created a new standard of how to show up, and then you created opportunities for yourself. You didn't let that no, yeah, stop no, you. This- you know, this is, you know, still to this day, you know, whatever the current political climate, I always say this is still America. Hardest worker is going to get the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get up early. You know, don't, you know, stay late. Get in early. You know, do a better job. Like, that's it. I mean, if I really truly believe, especially in the bar restaurant industry, if you out hustle somebody, yes. you are going to succeed. You are going to get that job. You are going to make more money than everybody. Absolutely. And if this is still one of the last jobs that is, you know, you can just go out and out hustle somebody. Absolutely, man. So any other key takeaways you got from John before we move on to Philip and what you learned from him? I mean, it was just kind of like go through gut, you know, just if it, if it, if it feels right, it must be right, you know, and this is kind of crazy because it's TJ Fridays. It was, it was a corporate structure, but you know, at the time he was just like, do you want to do that? Show me how it'll, you know, and, and I'll tell my staff here. You know, this isn't this isn't you know a tyranny. I'm I'm not like you have to do it this way or the way. You have to do it this way until you prove a better way. Mm. And if you take if you give me a better way to do it, I'll go over it. I'll analyze it. We'll run it. If it works better, let's do it that way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, there's people that we bring in or you know that I've that I've met in the past. Like, if if you sit there going and you know it all, then forget about it. You're dead in the water. You yeah. Know? Uh. So uh, something else I want to take from that. Uh. Let's do it. You know your way. Let's do what you want to do, right? What does that do when somebody, when you say this to one of your employees, or when he said this to you? How does that make the business better? When you give your people the freedom to make the business better, um, I mean, it, it just kind of gets the creative juices flowing and it gets some ownership. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if if somebody's like, hey, you know, you know, my, my you know, the owner, of the, my, my boss said, hey, how can I make this better? Then we'll do it your way, and it's it just personalizes it for you. Yeah, you know like I mean? why not tap into the potential of all yeah. those minds? You might have thirty, forty, or, or even like ten or fifteen people yeah. working for you. That's 10x the brain power you would have by yourself or whatever yeah. the number is. Why not tap into that? Why not tap into those creative juices? You might have somebody on your team who's more intelligent or more creative yeah. than you. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, like, yeah. it's possible. I mean, like, I, you know, I often say this in our, in our meetings. I am not the best bartender here. Um, you know what I mean? For sure. You know, I, I try to hire people that are, I, you know, and, and, and kind of like what I've always done in all the programs and the bars I've ran is I hire a cast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause if I have eight rock stars or eight mixologists or, you know, eight old sagey bartenders, you know, it's the same boring old thing. So you got to kind of look at your staff as kind of like the, 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 the cast of cheers. Yes. Right. You got old coach, right. He's been there forever. You got Sam, the, the owner, he kind of like good at everything. You got Woody, the, you know, the dimwit, but totally lovable guy you know you you got to have that cast because if it's the same person over and over again or everybody's a robot it's boring dude yeah it's so boring yeah absolutely i'm loving this conversation uh so far i'm sure it's going to continue to be awesome anything else you want to get on the table before moving on to the next key mentor you mentioned philip uh no i mean that's about it like honestly just you know he he shaped my career and you know i i I still think about all the 
crazy dumb stories he's told me and just kind of like i mean it was a different time dude it was early 2000s this is before 9-11 you know what i mean i remember you know it was just kind of you know it, you, if you think about it you know that was when we had that huge uptick of just like people getting ready to buy houses and it was just crazy it was just, it was like the early, it was like the mid 80s so um you know it was, it was a different time for sure where you know um you know a lot of that stuff won't fly that i did back then or that we did back then but you know i mean it is you know it is what it is mm-hmm. so um yeah no that's what it is. so where was phil when you came this this mentor yeah so i i went back to las vegas and um you know i went back to las vegas or i moved to las vegas i got sick of florida i was like i'm done i'm out of here you know you know if you grew up in buffalo you're obsessed with two places florida and vegas <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's it's just kind of like you know you know you you grew up in this rust belt city and you know just like oh the glitz and glamour of vegas and the, and the beaches and the sun of florida you know so it's you run into people from buffalo in both of those places so much um you know so i moved out to las vegas and um you know kind of uh uh moved back to florida actually um for a job and, and, and to get, and, and I got married. And I, so I moved back to Florida because she didn't want to live in Vegas. So we moved back to Florida. Um, and, you know, kind of like a roundabout way. Actually, uh, Philip was like an old school TGI Fridays guy too. And, um, you know, at this point in time, you know, I, I, I kind of came to terms that, you know, not came to terms, like I always kind of realized that, that I'm definitely in it forever. Mm. Um, you know, and at this point, there's rumblings of, you know, cocktails in, this is 2006, and there's rumblings of, you know, cocktail bars in New York, and, you know, obviously New York and San Francisco already had their, you know, cocktail thing, so it's starting to come a little bit more common, um, you know, uh, um, so... I moved out in 2006 and, you know, kind of like by hearsay, like heard Philip was, you know, the, the, the beverage director of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and he wanted to be the first really major upscale chain, um, to embrace, you know, fresh pressed juice, classic cocktails, uh, making everything from scratch, you know, using jiggers for everything, um, you know, kind of a really good whiskey selection. Great, you know, and, and, and kind of do it in this setting, which at that point, you know, early on is never has never been done at that point. You know, there's cocktail bars in, in New York and and San Francisco. But at this point, there wasn't a major national. I mean, that, I think they had 130 restaurants at that point worldwide um, that they were kind of sweeping up. And I reconnected with him. And he's like, you'd be perfect for this Palm Beach job. Um, let me get you in. And then what I want you to do is just run around the country or, you know, and go open up new stores and, and go train, you know, old bartenders that have been at Ruth's Chris you know, Steakhouse for 20 years. And just like, you know, I got sour mix. It's in this plastic jug and kind of retrain them to make use fresh everything and stuff like that and you know that was really a, you know up at that point you know i was really excited um um about cocktails and drinks and i was not really reading it you know what i mean but i knew it was out there and this was the first time you know i, I met somebody that gave a shit as much as me yes you know what i mean so he was just like you know like this is why you should do it why it takes more time and it's not economical but guess what it, it tastes better and this is why we're going to do it. You know what I mean? So it was the first time I remember just, it was, that was like my aha moment. It's like, wow, man, these guys, every, you know, I would say half the staff and the trainers that really cared about like things that tasted great. You know what I mean? This was, this is the first like, you know, place that was like making a lot of stuff in house and, you know, bars and restaurants or, 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 or kitchen wise. You know what I mean? So what exactly was the aha moment then? Um, you know, just when, you know, we got this huge back bar to fill and, you know, they spent, I think it was something crazy, like $10 million build out or something or, or $5 million build out just to build this three tier steakhouse in <laughs> Palm Beach, downtown West Palm Beach. And it was just kind of like, you know, you know what I mean? He's like, 
you know, he would say, we're going to fresh squeeze, you know, lemon juice every day, fresh squeeze this. He's like, these, this, get this book. This, this will teach you all these classic cocktails. That's, this is how they were made. They weren't made with sour mix from a, from a gun or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. There were no soda guns. You know what I mean? There, were, there was, you know, there was Coke in a can and all this. And you know, it was, it was, it was really cool. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, this, I'd pay 10, 12, at that point, $10 for this drink or $9 for this drink because it, it, it tastes great. So what's the lesson there? I mean, the lesson is just, you know, don't, don't take the easy way out. You know, there is no easy way out. You know, there's no shortcuts. You know, there, there's, there's smarter ways to do things, but there isn't any shortcuts. You know, you know, fresh lemon juice tastes better than pasteurized or, or, you know, sour mix out of a gun. So yeah, it's a pain, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. It's not cost effective, but you know, do that. Set yourself up. Missing plus, have everything ready to go for that shift. Um, you know, you know, just care about everybody that walks to the door and care about what you're putting out. Just don't slop it out. Just don't, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, when, when I first started bartending, you know, watching these bartenders and it's just like, it was just like classic, like shake drink, you know, they pour the drink over the ice or, or, or just dirty dump it. And they'd have like this, you know, like they'd have like a half inch left of booze that they would just throw out the drain. Yeah. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, obviously it wasn't balanced. Obviously it wasn't the right proportion. So you're, you're raising the bar on quality, but at the same time, you're also raising the bar on how to do things right. So you're not losing money down the, the drain or you're not. You, yeah, you're putting those standards in place. Uh, you're not sacrificing for quality either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you know, there's you know the, the bar, especially the bar business, or I'd probably say more the restaurant business. It's a pennies game. You know what I mean? You got to save pennies to make dollars. Um, you, you know, like you got to look at your invoices, you know, once a month and audit and make sure, or you know, question be why did it go up so much? You got to look at invoices when they come in. You got to. You had to pay attention. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't just call it in. Uh, I kind of want to like, there's a big part of me that wants to fast forward uh, to more current times because I feel like you, you have that barman mind, that, that the, the attention to detail, the little things. And I would love to dissect what you think it is about Nickel City that works so well. But is there anything else worth mentioning? Because I know you have some other, I mean, you're at the Four Seasons. Yeah. Uh, you, you spend time as an educator traveling and educating people about, uh, craft spirits uh so i mean where do you want to spend any more time before I mean, really developing wherever i can talk forever but you yeah, know, i mean great. honestly like i mean it's you know there's not like there's not like crazy like i mean it's i mean i've been in the bar business you know i mean legally now for like 24 years yeah. since i was 18 so it's like i it's just 24 years of experience there's not one like i mean, I mean we we live in an age now where there's bartenders that have only worked in craft cocktail bars that blows my damn mind that is to me is awesome and sad. You know what I mean? Like you never had to work, you know, you never had to work a dollar beer night or, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's what, that what's, you know, that like nickel city is, you know, kind of that crappy, um, you know, old man bar from the Northeast that I, that I bartended in. But guess what? We have decent wine. We have, you know, craft cocktails, quote unquote, you know, we have cocktails on draft, you know, we'll drop a tiki hut in when it, when it makes fit, you know, we have, Fresh juice, fresh everything, but it has that you know approachability of that neighborhood bar. Yeah, there's definitely some nostalgia in here. For that's for <laughs> sure. There's a, a warm feeling. The attention to detail. I think we'll get to that, but I want kind of to lead up to. I think we definitely got to talk a little bit about uh, Vox Table. Yeah. Uh, so you got into Austin 2011. Yep. Um, what brought you here? To open a bar. Okay. Yeah. So was that the opportunity? Would somebody 100%. have one on the table for you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, at that, I mean, it wasn't really an opportunity. I, I, you know, you know, traveling across the country, driving, I drove across, drove across the country a few times. I just fell in love with Texas. I love the people. I uh, love the weather. I think it's a fantastic city. It's young, vibrant. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's a really good place for, you know, for a small business. Obviously, small businesses have their challenges in every state, but I think it's a little bit easier to hear. Um, you know, I, and, and I just got like, I'm moving to Texas. Like, that's where I need to be. This is where it's happening. You know, I saw this is, you know, 2010. Um, at that point in time, um, you know, there was really no crap. There was like, there was, you know, I worked at RMC food in, in Las Vegas literally for three, four months to get it to get the resume hung out at herbs and rye. Those are like the first two real cocktail bars in town, uh, in Las Vegas. And then I was like, I'm going to Austin. I think it's on the up. You know, I, I read, um, you know, about cocktail bars there two, three that they're getting a little bit of national press. I want to tap the brakes real quick. Cause you were talking about these places you're in Las Vegas. Were you taking jobs for the purpose of going to learn specific resume things? builders? Yeah. hundred yes. percent. Okay. Yeah. That's why I wanted to yeah. tap on the brakes. Why is that so important? I mean, this is like, like honestly, like, you know, you know, if, if I'm, you know, I worked at, I worked at a gaming bar in Las Vegas, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and like, if that was on my resume and it was just like that, I come to Austin and I came to Austin. I wanted, like, I wanted to work at the Four Seasons. That was my goal. Um, and you know, like, like if I came with just like a gaming bar or like a chain restaurant out of Las Vegas, I, I had been just whatever schmuck out here, you know what I mean? So I had to differentiate myself. So I was like, Oh, RMC food, they do cocktails and, and there's, you know, a top chef, you know, master there. Yeah. So I'm going to go there. I know I'm moving in six months. Yeah. So I'm going to use these guys. They need help. I'm going to get the job. You know what I mean? I, I mean, at that point in time, I'm already starting cocktails on my own. I knew more than, I'd say, a lot of people. And they, they quizzed me on cocktails. Boom, boom, boom. He's like, yeah, you got the job, man. You're the best <laughs> applicant. We had all day. And I, it, I took that job knowing in my head I was moving. Okay. But I took that job. Were you transparent about that with them? Um, kind of at for I not really like, I mean, I, you don't want to do that in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we'll get this other guy. And then I was like, Hey guys, just so you know, uh, I got a really good opportunity in Texas. I'm gonna get out of here, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in it to win it for you and, and just, you know, rock it out. And I still talk to a couple of those guys today. Um, yeah. you know, so one of the things that's coming out of your story for sure is you're a strategist. Like you put a plan together and you're not just reactive you're proactive you're you're taking control like the you happen to the world the world doesn't happen to you like yeah it's coming up a few times in your story up to this point back with when you were told you you couldn't get a job bartending like well (laughs) screw that like i'll i'll get it yeah you know and you're you're building your resume you're you're creating the world you want to live in right uh as far as your the life like you're setting yourself up yeah i mean you have to you have to i mean Gone are the days where you can open a bar and be like, hey, open a bar and make money. You know what I mean? That's it. You know, it's not it. You, you have to get people here. You have to market. You have to you have to try. You have yeah. to give a shit. So you said that you came to Austin because you had this opportunity. Was it at the Four Seasons? Was that the No, restaurant? I mean, I, I came out here with, you know, uh, a lot of cash, you know, in, in Vegas, um, you know, because it, it was really good money. Uh, I came out here to open a bar eventually. This is where I thought I could do it. Um, I wanted to work at the Four Seasons. I, you know, I got out here and I applied in a bunch of places, had some like hostile interviews, man. It was crazy. Um, you know, it was really cool. Um, actually, I did the nerdiest thing ever in, in, in Vegas before I came out here to visit. I Googled best bartender in Austin, right? <laughs> and, uh, one guy kept on popping up, Bill Norris. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I, I still talk to him, you know, not probably on a weekly basis, but I mean, he's the godfather of, as far as I'm concerned, the godfather of, of, uh, Austin cocktail scene. And he was working this 
God, I forget the name of the place was. It's long gone. Um, but, um, you know, he was working at this place and I came to, you know, I came here to check it out and I was just like, Hey, is Bill here? And, and like I hit him up on Facebook Messenger. I was like, Hey, I'm coming to town. I'm, you know, da, 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 this cocktail guy, Vegas, want to come out here. And he was super nice, man. He gave me all these, all these, um, great recommendations, all this stuff. He's like, Hey, hit me up when you get in town. And, and, you know, I got to town and he was already took the job as the beverage director for Alamo Draft House. And, 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 and I called him up. I was like, Hey man, you, you know, you got a new Alamo draft house open up. He's like, I'm going to tell you this right now. That job is not for you. Um, it's not because you're, you're overqualified, you know, stick what you, what you want to do. And, and I did, you know, I'm still friends with him, but you know, I, I applied to four seasons and like, you know, hard work and luck. That, that's my whole career right there to sum it up. Hard work and luck. I don't know if I believe in luck. People <laughs> say that all the time. I think you create luck yeah. by busting your ass and you create opportunities for yourself when you do that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, when did... Let's talk about uh, Vox Table, right? Um, yeah. I say that correctly? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Vox Table, how... I mean, you were here for four years when you started... This is the first bar you helped open, open right? yeah. So what, were you, what did you learn from that experience of opening your first bar? What were the key things that you didn't know going into that that you knew afterwards? I mean, keep the restaurant people and the restaurant people and keep the, keep the money out of operations. Keep the restaurant people, the restaurant people, <laughs> yeah. and the money out of yeah. operations. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, like it was a cool spot, man. I mean, the the... the, the the center itself is kind of doomed. It, it seemed like a really good location. Um, it must have been a great operation because this is where you won Eater's Bartender of the Year 2015. I didn't wait. So. I was nominated. Okay. It, yeah, I, I, I threw I threw all in the hat for Justin Elliott. Um, I was I even went I did an online campaign for him to win, and I think he won. Um, Past guest on the show, by the way. Check out his episode. He's doing great oh, dude. Dear, dear friend, I, I, every time I talk to him, I have to have a dictionary with me. <laughs> He's a smart man. Um, so, um, you know, it, you know, it, it was really, I mean, honestly, it was like, do whatever you want to do, do however you want to do it. And it was like creativity times five. Like, we were doing some really cool stuff there, man. Um, I had a really great staff, JR, who helped me open up here. Um, I mean, it was like the who's who's of bartenders. I think most of my staff now back then is now running bars and it was just really cool i mean it was awesome but you know in the long run it was, it was a couple of rich kids that wanted to open up a restaurant and wanted to play a restaurant and you know it if you don't have that drive or that passion then what the hell are you doing it for you know what mm. i mean what to, to be the cool kid get out of here you know what so I mean? you, you mentioned earlier that let the money be the money and the, and the restaurant people be the restaurant people yeah. was there an issue with not identifying lanes or people trying to no, it, kind of cross boundaries it, you know it, it was it wasn't really any one specific thing but it's like when i'm telling the owner like hey this is how we should do this 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 yeah sounds great and then completely does something opposite um and i'm like guys man you're, you're paying me to to do this i know this yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like let me do let me do what i do and uh every, everything will be a-okay and it was cool man it, it was good for a while um i had a really great opportunity with uh, house spirits and aviation gin um to kind of travel the world and and talk you know my favorite one of my favorite subjects of gin and um i took that because the writing was on the wall that you know it just wasn't going to happen these guys you know, for whatever reason, they, you know, it's that, that class, everybody has that one story where they were promised the world and it just never happened. And that was kind of it. You know what I mean? And, and but I saw it a lot faster. Without really like super exposing anybody because we're not here to like <laughs> yeah, bad talk people. But what were the, what were the things that you learned through this experience that you could pass on to somebody who's maybe looking to open a restaurant uh, or a bar? Um, what things would you tell them to avoid that, that you could have 
that you wish you knew before getting into the situation, kind of. If you could go back in time. Yeah, I mean, you know, for for me, I mean, the biggest thing is be present. You know what I mean? Be present in your everyday operation. You don't have to. Doesn't mean you being present doesn't mean you have to be there every single day, but you have to listen to your people, the people that you hire and trust. You have to listen to them. Um, you have to understand what they're doing and, and just realize that you know if you were good at something else doesn't mean you're good at everything. You know what I mean? So find the person I call you know this is a, a John DeSense uh, aces in places, man. You know, put the aces in the places. You know, I don't. I don't know everything here, you know, you, you know, my partners, you know, you, you know, we're kind of like, you know, quote unquote, like a dream team, kind of like we have a real estate guy that knows, you know, can find, has a knack for finding places and knows contracts. You know, we have, you know, Brandon who knows, you know, marketing and, 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 you know, comfort food and stuff like that. And me, the bar guy and the hype guy, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, aces in places always. You yeah. Know, just so I'm actually kind of happy you're talking about that. First, you had mentioned that you did some traveling, teaching gin or teaching about people about gin. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to tap on, and I don't want to cut you short from that. Angle. No, I mean it, it was it was an awesome. I mean, I got you know three or four years on the road. I got to visit. 600 different restaurants and bars jesus man so talk about r&d you know yeah, what I mean? like, well that's what actually we were talking about this earlier i think yeah. before we hit record that's so key just getting out there getting out there absorbing the world developing your vision uh what were the key things you learned during this time seeing different things what did you want to take from your journeys up to apply to the bar that you would open i mean so you know i, I didn't know i was gonna open a bar when i first took the job i thought you know hey i'm gonna do this for you know three four years you know there's a there's a there's a saying in your own brand ambassador. It's not, it's not a career. You know, it, it, it's a job. You, you know, you can only do it for so many years because you're on the road 200 days a year. You know what that's like. You know, you're out <laughs> late nights, early mornings. You know what I mean? So, um, you, you know, it, it, it's very cool. It was awesome, man. I mean, like today, I really truly don't believe Nickel City would be as successful as it is now if it wasn't for that job. A, I got to, I got to build my own personal brand. You know what I mean? I got to build my own personal brand. People knew me. Um, you know, I got to build my own brand and I got to R and D 600 bars, man. Like I have thousands of pictures of bars. I would walk in like, that's, I mean, I was in a bar one time in Chicago with, you know, with a, with the, the chairs that you see in Nickel City right now flipped upside down and taking a picture of the brand. You know what I mean? <laughs> the so, serial number. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, it, you know, it, it, I mean, Almost nobody has that opportunity to basically R and D, you know, a hundred different cities, six hundred different bars and restaurants. You know what I mean? Different countries, and then take it all and and, and mishmash it. Especially the, the kind of eye that you have, because yeah. we've already kind of found out through talking to you that you're the kind of person that's going to go into a bar and take yeah. everything in, look at every light bulb, look at every surface for dust, like, and you're you're taking that all in. You're you're creating like a rolodex of like details in yeah. your head. Um, and, you, and you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just spinning it a different way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like no matter if it's cocktails or wine bar or any of that, it doesn't matter. Honestly, the thing that boils down to is service and entertainment. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. Yes, sir. So one more thing I wanted to pull out of this, this time you, you traveling all over, uh, doing this R&D and educating people. You said that you developed your own brand. How did you develop your own brand? Why is that so important? Um, so, man, I, I think it's one of the most important things. Um, you know, I, I kind of read a bunch of – I read some books, and, and I think it's a – you know, it's kind of, um, um, you know, some people forget, you know, in this bar and restaurant business, like they, they get caught up in the cocktails and they get caught up in the, in the you know – 
in the the pictures on the wall and and the and the and the you know the sexy photos and and the and the food whatever's these you know these big circle jerks that everybody goes to and just kind of like oh yeah yeah we're preaching to the choir you need to build a brand you know what i mean you if, if you're not building a brand and it's not cool whether it be you or the bar i started out creating my brand not saying i was the coolest guy in, in the room but you know what i mean i i went into each market loud um you know and i and, and i'd go into i hate calling markets i went in each city when i was there and i'm gonna go to five or six bars i'm gonna meet every bartender i'm gonna shake their hand i'm gonna give them a high five hey i'm travis oh cool cool nice you work here it's fantastic you know just by knowing them and being cool with them and you know, like being the brand guy you know hey let's go out for drinks let's, i take six bartenders out they know me you know what i mean i'll run in i i often make a joke you can plot me in any city of the united states and i'll know at least one bartender and you know what i mean and, and it was cool. You know, I got a budget to take bartenders out and, you know, kind of, Hey, we're going to, we're going to talk about this gin and we're going to, and, and we're going to enjoy this gin, but you know, we're also going to have fun doing it. Like, so it was kind of cool. It was a fun experience. I got to build, you know, you know, as I call it the Tober brand, I guess, um, you know, just, you know, you know, being out and, and, you know, just being a fun guy, you know, just yeah. hanging out with people. Yeah, you're you're touching on something that's really important. I think a lot of people, when they are building their business, they're like, "What's our brand going to be like? What do we want to create?" But the truth is, your brand is omnipresent. It's always yeah. there. You already have your brand. Your brand is who you are and the reputation you have, right? And that's what you were building. You weren't just building your brand. You were building your reputation. You're, you're, yeah. You were in your your brand today is just an extension of everything that you've collected over the years right the, the yeah. little things the little details that's all you that's all your brand uh so think about that like how are people uh when they think of your name like what did they say like what's your brand saying to people what's your reputation yeah, i mean it, it's it's like a, just a really fun guy that likes to go out and have a good time and it, it's 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 funny it's because like you know i got the same thing on like on social media and stuff like that um I, I've, I've met people and i've hung out and they're like man you're like way less like party guy than I thought you were. I'm like, <laughs> I go, listen, you know, um, you know, somebody I worked for long before said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a huge party as long as it looks like it is on social media. You know what I mean? If you have five people show up, make it look like it's 500. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's the hype, man. You know what I mean? Like you got to hype something up. You got to be, you know, I mean, I, I am way, I mean, now these days I'm, I'm trying not to be here past eight o'clock. I'm at home, you know, Netflix and chilling and just hanging out and just, you know, cooking at home. But, you know, you have to have that persona like, the you know the omnipresent and just out like you got to be you got to go to those parties you got to go to those things and make an appearance and see the right people and boom I was there I was gone you know what I mean like you know that's it you know um you, you just got to kind of just be out there and be relevant because that's the hardest thing yeah, to say I think, I think the other variable too is your brand is a story so yeah. you have this this story of Las Vegas, West Palm Beach, traveling the country, going to all these different bars. Yeah. That's part of your story. That's part of your legitimacy, right? Yeah. So you got to think about that stuff when you're going to open a bar or a restaurant. Like, what's your brand? What's your story? Uh, is it like? Is there anything there that's going to help you draw on uh, the media, right? Yeah. Or like make you interested? Every. In I mean, that's one definite thing I learned with you know working for a spirits company is you need a story. Everybody wants a story. Nobody wants to walk into. Oh, what's what's the story? Like every you, you ever. You ever talk to somebody? Oh, what's the story with that bar? Like, oh, it's just a bar. You know what I mean? Nobody wants. It's not not just a bar. So it's just like Nickel City. What does that mean? Oh, it's a nickname of Buffalo, New York. You know what I mean? Like, we'll do 
uh, I do like little hidden things here, you know, like we have 716 kind of hidden through um, throughout the place. That's the area code. The the clocks are stuck to 716 on the outside. That's the area code of Buffalo. Buffalo? Yeah, okay. Okay. for sure. You know what I mean? Like um, details, man. They yeah. Help. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, this floor is like the, you know, high school gym floor, but, you know, it's brand new, you know, to us. <laughs> and we want it nice, but not too nice. And, you know, there's... you. you yeah, you know, you people get stuck up on, on their branding. Like, yeah, branding, believe me, I've learned 100%. Branding is very, very important. But you also need a story. You need, you know, you can't just be a logo. If you're mm-hmm. just a logo, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Why do you, you know, there's these liquor companies. That's, I mean, that's where there's a backstory. You need to care about the place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, I tell people like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, why is it maroon and gold? And, you know, and I'm just kind of like, it was me and my partner Craig talking about it and it just kind of worked. And I was like, yeah, these are my high school football co- or my high school colors. Um, so you tell people like, Oh, that's really cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, some of the signs on the walls actually were from my grandfather's, um, uh, home bar. So, you know, I mean, people, people want to care about the bar. They, they want to go and give their money. They're going to give it to somebody. They want to go to go a place and give it where they feel, you know, you know, perception of value. They have a good time. They're entertained and they actually care about the place. Yes, man. I love this. So we got plenty of time to talk about Nickel City, how you uh, built or I don't know if you built the team or if it was a bunch of people coming together to, to tackle this project. Um Take us to the point where the conversation first started. Who was a part of the conversation? Because we've got a few different players. Yeah, well, part. for sure. It was actually, I can still remember this kind of, uh, it was kind of a funny conversation. So I kind of, I left. I was working with, with Aviation and House Spirits. And then the, the, the guy that owned the restaurant, Vox Table, he kind of hit me up and he was just like, Hey, man, I know you really want to open your bar. I want to talk to you about opening up a bar with you. I was like, Oh, cool, man. Let's go, and let's go meet up. And I kind of like, kind of talked about, what would eventually become Nickel City. He's like, oh man, that's great. Yeah, we, we can do that. Let's find that. I can help fund that, all that stuff. Um, you know, I need you to throw in a certain amount of money and then, you know, you could probably get like two to 5% ownership. I'm like, fuck you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. I just, I just made you a ton of money at this place, whatever. Yeah, I was just really annoyed. But, um, you know, I, I, I met Craig, you know, he's, he's a really good acquaintance. He owned a bar down in, uh, on, uh, Rainy Street called Havelina. And I remember talking to him at Hapsup one time and he was just like, Hey, you know, it's it kind of a conversation. I kind of, you know, remember he's like, Hey, what, you know, you know, what, what's the deal? What are you, you're doing aviation? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Is that the end game? And I'm like, Nah, end game is I want to open up a bar. And I was, uh, he's like, Oh, no kidding. Really? You know what I mean? And, and, you know, uh, he's like, if that ever, if you ever want to do that, let me get first crack at you. I was like, Okay. I mean, cause I didn't know at that point in time, I didn't know like he was basically a real estate guy. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool, man. You know what I mean? And, and then I remember you know, literally like the next day I, I met up with him at a coffee shop and he was just like, Hey, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was just like, I want to open a bar, neighborhood bar, but still do cocktails. Kind of like an, you know, an anytime everybody bar. And he's like, that's great, man. He's like, I, I really love that concept. You know, I kind of wanted to do something similar. He's like, I don't want to show all my cars, but I think I might have a really, really good location and I might have some other really good partners. And he's like, I don't know, man. And he's like, you know, we, we, you know, we, we could probably raise some money here or we could all throw some, some money. You know, you don't have to put any money in and you'd be sweat equity and, you know, you'd be 20, you know, you'd be a percentage owner. And I was like, cool, man. That sounds great. So like fast forward a week or two, you know, the, we had this like, you know, you know, infinite meeting or this famous, not famous, infamous, uh, not famous at all meeting at, uh, <laughs> um, um, at this little old school steakhouse, uh, down on, uh, on, uh, sixth street. And I walked this way. I met Brandon and Zane for the first time. And it was funny. It's like, I got there, you know, we kind of pick on Craig cause he's sometimes late a lot. And, uh, so I get in there and, and I'm just kind of like, 
you know, I think I, I, I knew who, I knew who they were. I knew they owned Vienna and I saw pictures of them and I see these two guys just sit next to each other and it was just like, hey, hey, like we, like, you know, <laughs> totally like we both stuck out for like, <laughs> yeah, we, we both like kind of like stuck out like sore thumbs at this place. We both sat down, we started kind of talking and it was kind of, you know, that, that first meeting, like nobody wants to show all their cards and standoffish. And I swear to God, by the end of the meeting, we're all just like old friends. You know what I mean? Because we, me, you know, me, Brandon and Zane have similar backgrounds of Rust Belt cities, growing up broke and, you know, yep. parents, whatever. And, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? So we have very similar. So, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it was like kind of meant to be. And, um, you know, they shared, you know, this is like me and Brandon, you know, probably talked the most, you know, the most between like all four of us. And, you know, we just have, we, we share very similar ideas. Um, and we kind of, you know, kind of feed off that dumb energy. You know what I mean? Mm. So one thing you mentioned earlier, you put your aces into places and it sounds like you all have your place. You all have your lane, right? So what, yeah. what are those lanes? How did you guys I mean, settle into your own lanes? Like, listen, like I, like I'm a bar operator. I'm a bar guy, you know, by trade. Um, I don't, I don't know real estate contracts. You know what I mean? I don't know. So that don't was know. Craig. Yeah, that was Craig. Craig, yeah. Craig. Craig's really good at real estate contracts. Um, he's a good negotiator on leases. Uh, you know, you know, he's got that Zane, you know, being like, like, I would say like systems and like, you, you need that guy that's going to go shop insurances and, you know, uh, licensings and all that stuff. The stuff like I don't want to be down at the city. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I like I'm gonna be down there. I'm gonna get frustrated. You know what I mean? Um, you know. So that's uh, you know you know Zane handles like that. Like I mean I'm like I'll text him. You know certain things need to be renewed and stuff like that. Or he'll hit me up like oh hey this needs to be renewed. Just give me a heads up. Cool. You know what I mean? Like that. He he remembers those things. He's you know he he knows all that really well. And he does that like you know I, if I I am like as far as like computers and uh, like. He, like you technology. know technology yeah. in general yeah if it isn't an iphone i can't figure it out so like i'll hit him up you know weird hours of the night with questions on certain things and he's like oh just do this this and that and i'm like oh that's simple okay cool so i mean that uh, he's really great at that and he you know, he falls through on that and um and then you, you know, got brandon too the brandon yeah he's <laughs> uh i mean he, he me and him are very similar but he's back in a house and uh, you know kind of like that oriented uh, I mean, we're we're pretty similar people, but just with different focuses. Like his is more, you know, foods, you know, more food and um, ridiculousness, and mine is more beverage and ridiculousness. So it's like we're pretty similar, but you know, we you know, all four of us share pretty much the same vision. You so know what I'm up. that's one other thing you mentioned earlier. You and Brandon, you guys were doing most of the talking. You had the same uh, vision. This, what about business values? What are the the, the values that you guys needed to to be able to do business together? I mean, like like personal values. Yeah, do you, yeah, like there must have been some type of alignment there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, like what we wanted to do is we all wanted to open up a neighborhood bar that was great for the community and a value. I mean, like there's, every, I mean, I love it. You know, all four of us just kind of laugh when there's like another bar that opens up, and and like for sure there's there's a place and a time for it, but like. Austin with like a fifteen or a sixteen dollar cocktail. I'm like Jesus, man, like. <laughs> Dude, like that's a lot. Like you know, you know, and and like I used, I've come from the world of like having an expense account. And I'm like, damn, that's a lot for a drink. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like it's, it's it's expensive to do business. You know what I mean? But at a certain point, you need to do that kind of slide rule, slide ruler of like figuring out costs and you know where can you save and like pass that on to the to to the guests and the, and the people that walk through the door. You know what I mean? Like 
you, you know, I, you can milk a cow a lot of times. You can only slaughter them once. So I would rather have somebody, you know, a couple of times, oh, man, that's so cheap. Like we literally like, I don't think our, our food truck Delray, I mean, it'd be hard to do that anywhere else without a bar attached to it that we also get the sales off. I mean, like we're doing sliders for, you know, burgers for 283. Like, Jeez. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's people looking at it like, what? That's crazy. That's insane pricing. Like, yeah, it is. Not only know? is the space retro, but the prices are too. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, I don't know, like if, if we could do like Del, like we couldn't open up Delray. I don't think in one of these very, you know, uh, one of these, um, um, you know, uh, uh, food trailer parks. Like I, I just, because like, Unless we were there, you know, working it every day, which I don't think any of us are going to do that these days. And it's just, you know, you, cause it's, it's expensive to do business, it's expensive to have employees. I mean, you know, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta pay them a great way, a good wage. You know, there's, there's not a lot of, not a lot of, especially in Austin, it's a tech city. You know what I mean? Like we don't have. So let's take me through the process of actually open. We kind of identified all the roles, the lanes mm-hmm. everybody was in. Uh, what was it like opening your first business? I, you know, honestly, like I've done so many openings with like corporate places and like with Vox Able, it was it wasn't as stressful as I thought it was going to be. I mean, there's like little stresses here and there, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, Craig is really good, and the like, you know, in 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 six months of opening a bar, you know, five and a, five and five months in a week is all him. You know what I mean? Like, he, I mean, obviously, I, he talks to me every day, like, hey, what do you want here? What, do you, what equipment do you need? This, this, this. I'll come in and I'll point stuff needs to be and make it functional and all that. But Craig's handling the GC. He's handling, you know, the, you know, you know those, the getting those contractors in, get, you know, busting those guys' balls, making sure they're getting it done at a quickly, quick time. Um, you know, doing, you know, getting the GC to do permits. So it, he took a lot of that stress off that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now my stress is, Every day from that, <laughs> but um, you know what I mean. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad, man. Like honestly, like it was a little nervous, nerve wracking. I would say probably. Like, I mean, probably like the last three weeks were the roughest because like we were we had a complete bar. We were waiting on you know there was a couple like miscues and you know whatever with the GC or the or the architect and something got left off and we were literally waiting for a little an inspection. Like one guy to come in and go. Good, cool, you're good, let's go. So, you know, three weeks, it's all, you know, all three of us, all four of us playing pinball every damn day. <laughs> and just kind of like, oh, we got a bar, like we can't even stock it, you know what I mean? And it was really nerve-wracking, like, what if you throw a party and nobody comes? You know, everybody's, everybody's got that, like, middle school mentality when they open a bar. It's like, what if I throw a party and literally no one walks through the door? And um, that all went away the night before we opened. Like, I remember sitting here with a uh, uh, Craig and Brandon, and we had our employees kind of like you know, they're making the making the drinks. And we're just kind of hanging out and having that last couple, you know, couple beers, and you know, our place. And everything's flowing, and like the lights were down, and everything was exactly where we wanted it. We had the music on, the sound was, and and you know, we all look at each other like we're going to be busy. Like there wasn't there wasn't a question out of my mind um, that we were going to be successful. And you were, and we were, <laughs> and you were. Yeah. So what are the things? Um, drop some knowledge on us as to why. It was successful. The things that you did that were right to to make it as successful as it is today. Um, you know, uh, there's a, a great bar owner and consultant, Eric Castro, um, out of San Diego. He owns a bunch of bars, and he did this statement actually um, not too long ago on on Facebook. He's like, ninety percent of bars problems can be solved by doing two things: turning the lights down and turning the music up. Um, you know, 
what what we did was we wanted to open up a neighborhood bar. We never called ourselves a dive bar. We let people call us that. But what we wanted to do is, and every bartender we have here is service, service, service. Like we don't need that hipster. I call it the hipster service. We don't need that hipster service where they're talking while you sit down, money in hand, and you're waiting for a drink. And there's two bartenders talking about either last night or nothing relevant at all, right? So what we wanted to do is take that cool hip east side cocktail bar but kind of imply that 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 corporate standard of service you know where you you go to cheesecake like hey how's it going guys how you doing you know this this and that you know so we want to just like we call it like the 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 disneyland of dive bars you know we want to pay attention to detail and pay attention to service yes and that's one thing you get as soon as you walk in here they're like i think i i heard that nickel city was a dive bar yeah. right that's what i heard before coming here and then you get here and it, it it's like it it's hard to explain because there is a tension to detail here, but everything's nice. It's not like you you think of a dive bar, you think of like a rundown, shitty holes in the wall, and it's not that at all. Yeah, you know, there's a hole in the wall, but that is a actual spot for like service to be. It's like yeah. a big hole with a counter. Like it's not <laughs> like somebody punched a hole in the wall. Like like the, the the cushions around the bar, like the the, the attention to you were talking about the floor, everything being new. It's a new dive bar yeah. right? it's what dive bars became after 20 yeah, years for of not sure. getting a facelift but everything yeah. in here is is really like nice you know yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it's so what were you going for like exactly um you know honestly just like just a place that we want to we, we would want to hang out at you know like a neighborhood bar like you're the, like I, it's you know it's kind of bit me in the ass a few times um, but you know, I said, once these doors open, we're going to be open at two o'clock every day, no matter what. And I remember when the hurricane came, uh, you know, and it wasn't that too bad here, but I was just like, everybody's like, are you opening? Yeah, we're going to open. And, and if it has to be me to come down here and open up the bar and like, you know, if it isn't like quote unquote safe for employees or anything like that, I'll come down, I'll open up the bar because you need to be here for the surrounding neighborhood. You know, they need to come in here. I, you know, I kind of learned that, um, you know, bars and this is what I always think that like, you know, and if you're happy or sad, you're going to go to your neighborhood bar and, and drink. You know, I, I like to think that we open a recession for a uh, recession proof bar. You're not going to go to that fancy. You know, you're not going to go like there's, believe me, I love fancy cocktail bars, but you're not going to go to that fancy cocktail bar when you're maybe like depressed or you the might go for a celebration. Bad. Yeah. yeah. The clients might are like, there's like your hurricane going. You're not going to some fancy cocktail bar. You're going to go to that, that, you know, your home, you know, where, where you're from. You know, this is, you know, people, I really, I'm really excited that we have regulars probably in the hundreds now that come in two twice a week, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's not like they're coming in like getting wasted. They're coming in and having a couple of beers and seeing what's up with the staff, seeing what's up with me, seeing what's going on, seeing what's new, just kind of, or meeting people. You know, I love that a, we're like a date spot. We're like a meeting spot. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, daily there's you know really well known we we used to keep a we we uh, got a race somehow but we used to keep a a marker of how many um james beard nominated chefs have come in for meetings and just to hang oh, out you know what i mean that's, that's so, the ultimate <laughs> yeah right compliment right there so uh you know it's it's you know you need to be that neighborhood bar you need to always be so we open up during the hurricanes you know be give back to your community you know the cash only bar we turned into a 100 percent charity bar so that's some of the other stuff i want to talk about i i alluded to the bar that you have in the yeah. back that you you run charities out there. You do, you do pop-ups out of there. What was, what was the, the thought? Like, what was your strategy putting that bar back there? Uh, so the, I mean, like, again, I, I got to travel the world. So the, it's kind of a take off this bar in, um, in LA, uh, called Harvard and stone. They have this 
awesome epic like back bar called the R&D bar so they kind of rebranded it and it was just like a storage closet that they turned into a bar but there was like no roof so they could smoke back there and and you know they would just have like traveling bartenders or brand ambassadors or whatever come through they would change the menu nightly this this and that I wanted like a not like a dumbed down version of it but just like something like special like if we have a traveling bartender coming through and he's like hey I want to bartend you know let's do it over here and then i was like well, well let's do a charity aspect for it and I, like the first year we were open i was just like all right portion of you know proceeds go to charity and i'm like damn that's a lot of work to figure out that like why don't we just make it all charity like yeah you know, we're, we're we're doing well here but you know it, it isn't that much so we'll we'll pick a charity so if somebody comes in i, I think wednesday I'm, I'm doing one for our regular uh jack who has uh uh, like a Movember cause, and I was like, I'll come in and I'll bartend it, and you know everything goes to charity. Great, you know what I mean? Like we'll let the we'll let a couple of brand people come in and buy a few drinks, and everything goes to charity, and you know get everybody hyped up, and you know that that's what it's about. You know, it's just like, and you know what? You know, like to not be cheesy, but it looks good on Instagram, and it, it's well, buzzy. And you that's know I mean? the thing that I wanted to bring up. Like you do these things, but it's a great opportunity to promote somebody else, yeah. right? And they're gonna when they come to your bar to do their thing, they're gonna promote you, and yeah. it's that that hype thing that you're talking about it's an opportunity sure. yeah to create i mean noise and to, to people from out of town like and people come out of town they work that and they you know what i mean and they go back and they talk and like I, when we when we were doing this you know santa thing that we're doing sipping santa like we had people all across you know the united states like, hey can i work a cash only shift like i got people we, we we're, we're scheduled like three months out now because we, we only want to do it three four times a month of cash only guests you know what i mean just you know just because yeah, it's kind of fun. Like I'm coming to Austin, I might as well raise some money for charity and you know and hang out with my friends. Yeah. So you all the money you make from the back bar uh, goes to charity. Yeah. But what's the draw when you're? It's a, it's a new event, right? Yeah, it's totally. An opportunity yeah. to have an event, you're drawing other people in that are that are buying drinks. From yeah, the, the or it's bar. like a really well known bartender, or like we're we're pouring you know like a new product back there that isn't just new to market or something like that. It's like the same effect that uh, you see a lot of chefs doing today, collaborating, doing pop ups, right? Yeah. Having a guest chef come in. And doing a pop up in your restaurant because yeah, of that that right, chance yeah. to promote one another and yeah. work together. Programming, um, programming, programming. Yeah. So we kind of touched on uh, the charitable aspect, the the pop ups. Uh, the we also talked about your attention to detail. What are some of the other things that you think really have contributed to um, your success here? Also, we mentioned everybody having their own lane, building that team. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, I just said programming, 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 and marketing. Like that's if if you know why are you coming in there? Like I'll. You know, usually me or Brandon or something like that, or you know, we'll we'll do what the first year is. What I wanted to do was create one major event every quarter, right? A really major event every quarter, and then two to three minor, uh, two to three minor events a month. Okay, right? So you know, what I mean, like you, you you need to have a reason. So yeah, like you know, you know, everybody knows Mondays is our wing night. Seventy nine cent wings. Come on in. We have a chef sauce every month from like a cool badass, um, uh, cool badass like chef around town that'll do our wing sauce. But we have that for the whole month. Tuesdays is trivia just because nobody could come up with anything that they wanted to do on Tuesdays. So we did trivia. Wednesdays, we do our whiskey Wednesdays, 25% off any, any liquor or any whiskey in the back bar, which is all only whiskey. Um, you know, we're coming up with something on Thursdays, uh, that'd be pretty epic. And then, you know, busy Friday, Saturday, um, you know, Sundays, uh, once a month we do like, uh, country vinyl, um, you know, programming, like try, you know what I mean? Like gone are the days in Austin where you can literally open up. I mean, you know, you go down 36 or you go down certain, sort of certain areas that are just like, it's the same bar 
one after one after one after. Just the bars different. The people are different. There's nothing really different. But you know, you have to you have to try to get people to come to your bar. You need to make it a reason. So you know, we we will do. We did a hot dog eating contest on Fourth of July. A coney dog eating contest. <laughs> Super gross and yeah. amazing. And I emceed it. And we had a great time on 4th of July. 4th of Julys are a dead day on bars. And we were packed. You know what I mean? You know, the weekend after Thanksgiving is dead for bars. We've had our busiest weekend ever. Yeah, you, uh, you also did the, you made this into the Simpsons bar. Which, what was the thing? Oh, man. Dude, I stopped wearing Nickel City hats for like a month. Uh, <laughs> I still don't wear Nickel City hats out right now. Just especially I try, because like people are like, oh, the Simpsons bar. I'm like. Yeah, you know what? It, you know that was again like listening to your staff. I, we had a, a guy that was kind of like in between jobs. He's like, hey, can I pick up some shifts? I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. And he's like, dude, you you know this looks like Moe's Tavern. And I was like, kind of does. And then he showed me this picture, and it kind of matched the exact picture on our postcard. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! He's like, I was like, should we do this for Halloween? He's like, why would you not? <laughs> and then again, Ace is in place, and so I got the idea from him. I mentioned it, you know, to my partners, and Craig's like. I got a guy that does like designs, you know, sets. This guy Jet for uh, Jed for uh, for um, South by Southwest, and I was like, "That's all I need is like a set designer hookup." <laughs> and, I, and he's like, he introduced me to him, and we're like, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking." The guy's like, "You're an idiot. This is amazing." So like, what we did was just transform the outside and and did a special menu. So again, you know, Craig introduced me to Jed. Jed's like, "Yes, I can take care of this because I have no idea how to do this." He's gonna do that. I took my expertise and my staff's expertise and we made a menu to match it. But then I was like, well, we need a menu to make look good. So then we went to our designer, uh, you know, Paul and Adam over at um, uh, Arts and Recreation. And like, I need a menu completely changed and made it look like Moe's. And so it's like four or five ideas. And it goes out and it becomes like the number one thing on Reddit. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. I mean, so definitely you guys have fun. There's a sense of creativity. You're tapping into the power of all the minds that we mentioned earlier. You're letting people contribute to these events. You do f- one major event a quarter. And you said three to four a month. A yeah. month. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I would say I would say like one to two like minor events. And then we have our weekly program. So we're going to talk about the, the money and how you balance and budget this. Like what percent do you put a percentage aside to to like how do you manage the the cost of going to all these designers going to the extremes to do like a a remodel for a couple days of your bar like how does how do you work that into it i mean budgeting uh like as far as like budgeting it like let's like first off you got to get costs you got to ask everybody like how much is this going to cost so you might have to shave something off that you really really want to do originally i wanted to buy a pink junker or a car a junker and paint it pink and park it right in front like homer's car was here the whole time okay. <laughs> obviously that wasn't in the budget uh so you had you you got to you, you know you got to drop a few things um you know just you know you know, having good friends and just knowing and believing in it and just like coming up and like, let's be reasonable. Like, you know what I mean? Like we'll, certain things we do now, a lot of things we do. I mean, like, I mean, dude, like we dropped a tiki hut in, you know, in, in here and it was a couple hundred bucks worth of material. Like have faith in yourself. You know what I mean? And, and you know, build it and they will come kind of. And, and we've had the luck of being pretty busy. You know, I mean, like a lot of, like I say, there's a lot of bars that make 90% of their money on Friday, Saturdays. You know, we, we can set our watch by a lot of times, you know, it's busy on Monday. It's a different crowd on Tuesdays, different crowd on, you know, we, we, we have that luck. Um, and you know, just kind of like having faith in it, but you know, being reasonable about it. Like I'm not going to buy a $5,000 machine for a four day, you know, use. And you know, a lot of times you see that happening, but you know, we're all pretty, all the partners. One, definitely one thing that goes throughout is we're all pretty, you know, 
conscientious about the money we spend in frugal. You know what I mean? Like, get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, man, I can't believe we're already at an hour and six minutes of recording time. This is going by really fast. I'm loving the conversation. Anything else that is on your mind, any areas of knowledge or expertise you want to drop on us that are something that you're hoping we would discuss but we didn't get around to that you can lay on us before we go to the speed round you know honestly just um entertainment man bars are entertainment people come here that you know you can what's the information age you can somebody can make a last word exactly maybe better than we can you know what i mean they can go out and they can buy the ingredients they can squeeze their own juice they can shake their own things but why are they coming to your bar to be entertained. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't really watch TV because I'll go to a bar or restaurant for entertainment. So the staff has to know that, that, you know, they are the entertainment for the evening. Like, you know, it's, it's not like a dance monkey dance, but like, you know, Hey, get, you know, give a handshake, ask how the kids are doing, ask how their brother or sister are doing, what's going on. That's why people come out or else we all just sit in the house and, you know, like, you know, you know, one of my interview questions that I'll kind of ask somebody is like, you know, what, what, why does your, you know, you know, you know, why does your, um, um, but why does your Jack and Coke taste better than everybody else's? Well, you know, like it's because, uh, you know, I use very large format cubes and, and then I use Mexican Coke. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're overthinking it. Don't overthink it. The reason is, is because you know, that guy's drinking it. You know, I drink a Jack and Coke and you see me walking through the door and you're already pouring it when I walk through the door. Mm. That's why it tastes better here than it does at the house. So when you say experience and creating the experience and entertainment, right? Um, you're really just talking about good service. You're talking about caring for your ste- yeah. your your, uh, your guests, right? Yeah. And building relationships with them. What uh, so is entertainment simply caring and being of good service to your people? Or your no, I mean, I, I mean, what yes. else goes on? There? Yes, I mean, like being an open book, man. Like you know, like you know, often you got to just kind of like tell your story. You you know, my bartenders, I like to say like. Nobody ever has a bad day, but they have great stories to tell about it and stuff like, oh, this funny antidote. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that, that, that scene in, in, uh, in, 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 uh, Reservoir Dogs where he's like, hey, I, there's a story. You need to learn this story, right? And you need to tell this story. So I have to say, I have, I have bar stories that I'll go through and just entertain guests because you're here to entertain. You're playing a part of it, you know, an actor, an actress. You know what I mean? You, you are like, you know, I'll sit here when we do interviews and I'll have my, my head bartender, bar manager do interviews and I'll sit over there on the computer and it's like the first the first question I always ask, like, how are you doing today? If somebody's like, oh, man, it's a terrible day. It's, you know, this I don't, doesn't matter what they say. The next 10 minutes, they're not hired. I'm, you know, nobody was walking in to hear somebody's had a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming to escape their bad day. Yeah. So they're coming in and they want to hear a funny story, uh, something dumb that happened to you. And I'll tell you what, man, half, you know, a lot of the stories I've retold 150 times and I'll tell them another 150 times or, you know, you got, you know, there's this, you know, um, back in the day, you know, you know, when, when I first started bartending, you had to read the day's news and a lot of times you want to do it today, but you know what I mean? Like have like walk in and not like, Hey, how's the weather? But like have like four or five things you want to talk about that day to entertain people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the mission of this podcast is to transform the industry. And I do that by making an example of people like you. So let me ask you, how have you transformed since the early days, the man you are today versus the, the green man you were say, 15 years ago. Just I knew it all back then. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> How are you different? How have you evolved? Um, How do you see the world differently today? You know, I, you know, I just, you know, perceive value. Like you need to, you need to, you need to have value for people. Um, you know, it's not about 
it is about cost, right? It is about cost, but it's not this, you know, bartending and, and running bars is a gray area, not in a gray shady area, but it's like, you know, you don't, if, if you, uh, if you walk into a bar or if you price your bar, everything, it has to be, every single liquor has to be priced at 17%. Well, what the hell's the fun of that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what, maybe you should have a cool little whiskey back there that's priced out at, you know, 40% cost. You know what I mean? Like, give, give back to your community, give, give people something, you know, you know, uh, you know, when they leave, give them a high five, a handshake. You know, we always, we try to drop off a wooden nickel to have, hey, come on back, have a beer for a nickel for us. Cause they're going to come back and they're going to spend more than, nobody's going to walk through the door, put down a wooden nickel with a nickel and then, have their beer and walk out the door. That's why I say we're not giving away something. We're getting people to come back. Exactly. And that's the way you have to you look at it. It's perceived value. So if you're just flooding your guests with value and you might take a hit the first couple of times, yeah. uh, they're going to come back. They're going to bring more people with them. You're going to cultivate the regulars. You will come You will come out on time. Yeah, yeah you'll cultivate the regulars. They'll, they'll come back tenfold. Awesome. I was about to go to break to thank our sponsors, but I almost forgot to ask you uh, what's going on with your latest projects. You got some stuff in the works. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it was never, you know, Nickel City and done for me. Um, you know, we're we're looking at expanding the Nickel City brand. Um, you know, we're in final finalization of contracts on that. Um, you know, it'll, it'll stay in Texas, uh, but, you know, to be revealed, I guess. I mean, people that are close to our circle know where it's going, but, you know, we don't want to jinx anything with that. So you're saying expanding on the Nickel City brand, is it going to be another Nickel yeah, City? Yeah, another Nickel City. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's all. I mean, we want to do that. I mean, I, I love this brand. I think it works. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of by luck, you know, not, not again, I, but luck and friendship and knowing people, you know, um, uh, Nick, Chef Nick over at Juniper, you know, had a space. You know, and he kind of is like, oh, yeah, he says in places. So he kind of came, you know, me and Brandon, like, hey, I want to open up this, you know, Italian, like, sandwich shop, you know what I mean? And kind of deliver, we'll call Uncle Nicky's, you know, can you guys help me out? And we're like, yeah, let's partner up, let's all do it, you know? So it's me, Brandon, Zane, you know, kind of jumped on board and, you know, you know, Zane doing what Zane does and Brandon being the hype guy and kind of giving his, you know, input, who he's really good at, you know, cutting costs and figuring out, you know, better ways to do things, you know, and Nick being, Nick's, you know, it's Nick's, show over there so he's an amazing chef um and then me just running the bar program and i was like you know i got this kind of you know he's kind of explained to me i was like we should do like an aperitivo style bar that they do kind of in italy and in europe uh kind of mixed with coffee service and you know kind of like an all day i hate to say like all day cafe because it's so cheesy now but like you know you know like an aperitivo style service but done in like an american dirty jersey way you know what i mean like that kind of like like you know, maybe like the good, like good fellas kind of come there and hang out. But you know what I mean? Like what I want to do is just, you know, it's pretty cool. It's like kind of a work in progress, but just, you know, low ABV cocktails, yeah. daytime drinking. So one of the things I like to read between the lines and one of the, the trends, I hate that word trends, but one of the, the consistencies I'm seeing in successful people is that they don't look at other successful people in their market as competition. They look at them as people to go partner with and yeah. collaborate with. And like you say, put your aces in places. I might be really good at this one thing. I might, my thing's being yeah. a bartender, but you know, we can go over to the chef at Juniper who's crushing it on that scene and we can take, we're the best at what we do. Why yeah. not, why not approach that person who's good where I'm strong and become even stronger, right? Yeah. And you're seeing in the cities that, and it, I mean, it's, it's happening everywhere. You know, it's probably always been happening, right? But it's the people that look at others for opportunities to collaborate and to work together that always come out mm -hmm. on top. And I'm hearing that in your story right now, too. Yeah, I mean, again, just, you know, 
the golden rule, just don't be a dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, don't be a dick. And, you know, people want to partner up with you and have fun. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like my, you know, at this upcoming project, thing, like, I'm just focusing on the drinks in the bar and, and just getting that, that service and that culture in, into the bar staff. And then like, you know, me and me and Nick and, and, uh, Brandon, we were all, and, and Zane were all staying around like, great, we're going to do, you know, I got these awesome aperitivo cocktails. I got these great sandwiches. Like, oh, we got this vibe. We're going to get this cool vibe. And we're going to do coffee service. We're like, shit. <laughs> Nobody knows coffee in this whole group. Like, I like coffee. I can yeah. drink coffee. You know, but I also, I'm the same with the McDonald's cup of coffee as I am with, you know, like, whatever, you know, you know, something awesome. So then we were just kind of like, well, what do we do? So then we, you know, our buddy, you know, uh, uh, our uh, buddy Matty B over at, um, you know, Brew and Brew and, 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 um, uh, better half coffee extraordinaire coffee yeah. rock star and we were just like let's ask him for help so it was like hey can you help us with this yeah. can you just like point out some programs and then like and like where do we buy the coffee he's like i'll set you up with this coffee guys you know what i mean again don't be a dick you know and then you know he's gonna he's got a bar coming out and i might help him out i'm probably not gonna but like you know he asked you know for some ideas on a bar like here you go open book yeah, have it. You know, and, and that. that's your opportunity to be somebody else's opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Right? To bring somebody up yeah. who has what it takes, who needs a break, who's who's going to go out and do their own thing. Yeah. Why not you give them that chance to do their own thing yeah. with you? Um, and I think I think that's what it's all about, right? Is creating opportunity for other people. And one thing that I, I pull from your business partners, Zane and Brandon, is that you don't have to be the best at something. No, God you just no. need to be good at what you do, and then find other people who are strong where you're weak, and then collaborate and build teams. Yeah, and be be stronger together. Um, um, I love this conversation. Anything else you want to get up before we go to the speed round? That's it, brother. I mean, like I said, aces and places, high fives and handshakes. That's I love all it. About. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. If you listen to Restaurant Unstoppable, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. There are two things that you need to let determine your growth. The first thing, that's people. The second thing, that's cash flow. And we've got you covered on the cash flow part of things because I'm working with cashflowtool.com, the ultimate cloud-based solution for your business. Cashflowtool.com is simple, powerful, and predictive. It's simple because it requires no data entry. It's always up to date and it works on any device, anywhere. It's powerful because with its built-in cash flow calendar, activity feed, and anomaly detector, you instantly know all aspects of your cash flow with no surprises. And it's predictive because you know your cash flow today and you can anticipate it tomorrow. Head over to www.cashflowtool.com slash unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and you'll receive pro features at the essential features price. All right, I have a question for you. How can an anonymous employee reporting program be a profit center for your restaurant? Hmm. Well, for starters, fraud alone represents a staggering loss to the restaurant industry with an estimated $40 billion in losses in the U.S. in 2017 alone. And this does not include the losses and costs associated with the more than 540,000 calls made to the U.S. EEOC in 2017, resulting in millions of dollars in penalties and legal costs for restaurant owners and investigators related to claims of harassment and discrimination. So do I have your attention? Good, because there's more. 
employee tip-offs about misconduct continue to be the most common method for detection and prevention, but employees are often deterred from reporting their concerns directly to supervisors because they're afraid that there's going to be retaliation or they might lose their job or something, and I get it. But with Ethics Suites Anonymous and web-based restaurantethics.com, you can provide a safe, secure, simple, and anonymous communication channel between you and your employees to help protect your hard-earned reputation and assets. Go to ethicssuites.com slash restaurants unstoppable and you will get three additional months so for the cost of 12 months you'll get 15 months or head over to the show notes and find the banner and you can use the link there we're back and the first question i have for you is what is your it factor a habit a trait a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success uh i'm gonna refer back to the golden rule don't be a dick (laughs) i love it what is your biggest weakness um, my biggest weakness is definitely, um, God, man, that's, that's such a tough question. Uh, you know, honestly, um, clutter, like I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I love throwing stuff away and, and, and just, I have a bad habit of things getting cluttered up, you know, and, and I try to, con- I try to work on it, but you know, sometimes things get cluttered for sure. Organization sometimes. So how you can, how you combating that? You know, I, I mean, I like I'm I overcommit myself so many damn times, and I'm trying like with like modern technology. You know, as bad as I am with it, like with you know, like you know the the Google the Google calendars and whatnot, and kind of trying to space out my time and 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 not overcommit myself and just say no. Got you. Uh, what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? I think we tapped on that earlier a little bit. Um, just be a human. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't be a robot. You know, I you know I want great service but i also want a touch of like humanness in yeah. you you know what i mean like just be a cool person and you, like, and you mentioned too just like that positivity if you're talking yeah. about your bad day then i don't want you on my team like, yeah my, my whole thing is like everybody everyone in my staff with i want to have a beer with not a cocktail I, I would go out and just like hey let's go grab a beer let's you know that's it you know that's what being a bartender is about being that you know being that neighborhood bartender and just hey i want to hang out with you, you what is your biggest challenge today um, you know, staying relevant, you know what I mean? Like it's, we do a lot of program, we do a lot of dumb, crazy things, but just like staying relevant is, it's the hardest, you know, I don't know who said it, you know, Brandon says he said it or, you know, who, who knows, whatever, but it's, you know, staying relevant is the hardest thing to do. Be on the top of everybody's mind. Which is true. And I think there's a new restaurant opening like every week. Every week. Nowadays. So, I mean, how do you, do you think it's the programs that help you stay relevant? Is that one of the things that keeps you fresh? Yes, yeah, 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 that and staff and, you know, just, you know, you know, keeping it going, man. Just have fun with it. Like, what's the hell, what the, what's the point of having a bar if you can't have fun, if you can't turn into a Moe's Tavern one day just because, you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, <laughs> have fun with it. The, the moment it stops being fun, it's not fun for anybody else, whether it works for you or comes under the bar. Awesome. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a way to be, a way to act, core value. Um, I'm gonna have to say high fives and handshakes. Like honestly, like, <laughs> I like, it. like a theme I, that's on here. you know my one buddy is a, that's gonna be the name of your memoir one day. <laughs> but it's you know honestly, if everybody comes to the bar and the last thing you're doing, you're doing this one impersonal thing, you're handing off a bill, mm-hmm. basically a bill for having fun, and then you're like, here you go, here's your bill, and it's kind of like a, a check rea- reality check for the person. Okay, I got a sign. And cool, thank you. How much? I tell actually I tell everybody if you drop that check and give them a high five. Or a handshake, you're ending that experience really positive. Yeah, because you you're a friend now, right? Yeah. So I just gave you a bill for hundred bucks for hanging out with me. By the way, 
High five or handshake. Cool. Eh, it's all good now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not even worried about it. I love it, man. Uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? This is something that's common within your four walls, not common within the industries. And I feel like you want to say high fives and handshakes again. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, just the same thing, like, you know, acknowledgement. You know, I mean, it may, it, everybody says like, oh, just acknowledge it. Yeah, it's 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 good in practice. It's it's good in theory, but does everybody practice it? I mean, just I was at this bar the other day, and I sat there with twenty dollars in my hand, wanting to buy a, a Miller High Life, and that's like two bartenders talking like I wasn't even there. I'm fine with bartenders talking to each other, but just like I said, hey, I'll be right with you. It's that simple, you know. Like drop a bevnap, you know that whole story. Just it's weird how like everybody says it. But very few people do it. Yeah, it's easy to to get caught up in the motions, right, and to yeah. like get out of remembering that you're here for them, for the guests, yeah. and to, to to acknowledge them. Uh, what's one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner? Um, you know, I want to avoid saying like the the whole set the table and you know that kind of thing. I'm gonna go um, two books. Uh, brand washed and biology. Brand uh, wash and biology. B U Y. O-L-O-G-Y. Um, it's just kind of why the science and kind of, of branding and why we buy things. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's a thing that bar owners and restaurant people don't do enough of. Like, hey, we're going to sell this, but why does somebody, why, why does, you know, my Buffalo Trace, sorry, Maker's Mark whiskey taste better than, you know, the Maker's Mark at bar down the street? You know, why is that? Is it pricing? Is it, is it how we, you know, why do people buy into these certain brands and these certain bars? And they're, you know, you know, there's, there's people here that are regulars here that are 45, 50 years old. They didn't just all of a sudden wake up one day, walk in this bar and be like, I'm going to become a regular at this bar. They were a regular at some other bar and now they're a regular here. And they don't go to that other bar, but why are they doing that? So you got to find the psychology of it. So what's one nugget you got from that book that you can drop on us? Why people mm. act this way? I mean, personal interaction. So, you know, you, uh, nostalgia. So you have to, so this bar, you know, surrounding us is a bar that a lot of people in my age bracket, you know, the 35 to 45 year olds, this is a bar that when they go back home to, Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chicago, whatever. This is the bar that their grandparents hung out in or their parents hung out in. And that's kind of like they go back to that bar. Oh, it's so kitschy, cool. You know, and, and it's kind of like that one bar that I always said, like, I love this one bar back home that I always go to. If they could only make like an amazing old fashioned, it'd be perfect. And that's what we did. Awesome. Uh, what is one thing you feel restaurateurs or bar owners don't do well enough and should do more often? I mean, just again, be present and pay attention to trends. It's a pennies game. It's it's do the year math. Uh, think the long game. You know what I mean? We did this crazy thing on on our one year anniversary. Like I woke up two days before and I call our you know our social media guy. I was like, we're gonna do five cent old fashions. He's like, what? And I was like, I don't know. Let's just do it. And you know, <laughs> you know, just you know, just you know, be present and just. You know, think outside the box and just it'll come back to you. I love it. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted within the four walls of your restaurant that's had a huge influence on operations? I know you're not the tech guy. Yeah, this is right. Brandon's question or uh, Zane's question. Uh, you know, for sure. Like I, you know, um, I would probably have to say, oh, you know what? Honestly, this is one of my – and I listened to somebody, one of my bartenders. I forget who it was. Uh, Slack. 
mm. that uh, that messenger app, communication like, app. Yeah, dude. I mean, like that replaced that old. But and and I I joke. I even had a cocktail named pen and paper one time. I'm like, I'll write it down on pen and paper if it's not true. But now, like the messages that we get through Slack, whether it's you know we have shift notes for the trailer, shift notes for here, opening notes, orderings, all that. Like it all gets communicated, and it's you know you don't have to see that person. You don't have to find that you know that old red manager's log. Take time, write it down. Like it, it took me a while to embrace it, but I mean, game for changer. sure, yeah, game yeah. changers, absolutely. All right, this is the last question. It's a doozy. Get ready for it. Oh, good. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants or your bars would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom you could leave behind for your legacy and the good humanity. Three things you know to be true. What would those three things be? Um, I would say, have a great time. That's one. Um, I would say entertainment and value rule all. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, you didn't say two, so I was, and and uh, warm gin shots. Warm gin shots. Have a great time. Entertainment and value rule all, and warm gin shots. This has been a great conversation, Travis. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your knowledge, your mentorship. We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who's one independent operator, somebody you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today? Um, you know, honestly, because th- I know he's entertaining as well, uh, Matty B, man, from, uh, from uh, Better Half and Broom Brew. The guy's uh, actual, like, rocks out on drums uh has the coolest van in the business and has two successful businesses <laughs> maddie b look i'm coming after what was, what was the last name uh bach we'll say one more bach. time bach 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 yeah i think so maddie, I know, I maddie, b, dude. <laughs> maddie b look he's I'm not on facebook <laughs> i'd love to get you on the show and let the folks at home know how can we follow you if we want to uh, maybe come join your team see what you're up to see what your social media game looks like what's the best way to uh best probably is follow me on instagram at the Tober and um, and then just you know Nickel City man Travis Tober again thank you so much for sharing your your story your knowledge your mentorship there is no questioning my friend you are unstoppable cheers There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Travis Tober, what a great conversation we had today and some really great takeaways today, too. I think the big takeaway for me, the big couple takeaways for me in today's conversation first uh, is just get out there and hustle and outwork people. This is one of the few industries in the world. I mean, yeah, there's a certain level of talent and skill that is needed, but then I feel like once you get to a certain point, Work ethic really trumps everything else. And we saw that in today's conversation with Travis where he was told, no, you're not going to be able to get one of these shifts. He's like, all right, well, I'll show you. And he just outworked everybody. And, you know, the, the person that works the hardest in this industry will get the most opportunities. Then also some really great advice around uh programming uh, and being creative and having fun with your programs and making use of that time to make every night a special night. Like Travis says, it's all about entertainment, right? Uh, And relationships. 
And when you can entertain people and you can make it about relationships and you can drop those high fives and those hand, those handshakes every day and, and remember people, they will remember you and they will come to you when it's time to go have a drink or dinner. They will remember you. And uh, yeah, just some great stuff today. Again, thank you so much, Travis Tober. And like always, guys, I got to remind you, please reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Tell me who you want to hear from tell me how i can best serve you keep those five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher radio coming i'm also on spotify and google play now soon to be pandora so keep your eyes open for that if those are your jams and uh, the best way to support this podcast and this mission of inspiring empowering and transforming our industry is by sharing it so if you know of anybody who's aspiring to be great in the restaurant industry and i'm not just talking about people who want to get into the industry or people who are working restaurants i'm talking about everyone and anyone in the restaurant industry who wants to be great that's restaurant owners that's gms that's servers that's that's dishwashers put this sucker on their radar all right guys that's it for today thanks for sticking around this long until next time peace out